Welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 96. I'm your host, Elizabeth Collins, and um, I'm not sure if you can hear that music, but I'm just listening to some calming music uh, called Balancé. Uh, the song is in Portuguese, and it's by Sara Tavares. But anyway, it doesn't matter if you can hear it or not. I'm trying to calm myself because I've, I'm doing a podcast that I have is a long time coming and I've had um, a real difficulty in in doing it and I'm just going to do it now it's um, when I first went vegan um, from the Earthlings forum um, I became aware of speciesism because when you go vegan and you become vegan and then you say oh my gosh everybody else needs to hear about this uh, because then they'll go vegan too you think um, then you encounter speciesism um, from people who are still using animals and who are still wearing their skin and, and justifying eating their flesh and you know all of those things that we encounter and you uh, expect that because you recognize however long it takes you to recognize it you recognize that the only way that you can be non-vegan is to be speciesist um, just like I mean I think that discrimination is intertwined and we all know that and um, uh, sexism equals racism equals heterosexism equals speciesism equals ableism equals ageism and any other discrimination you can think of discrimination is discrimination and I think that the most important the most important thing that we can do as human beings is eliminate all discrimination because it fuels um, most of the violence um, and so when you go vegan and you wake up to the fact that what we're doing to other animals is discrimination just like racism is discrimination etc there's this huge um, light bulb going off because I knew about racism for years and years and years I knew about racism I knew about sexism obviously and I knew about um uh, new by heterosexism, um, what we called homophobia in those days, because I only really knew about it in relation to gay men. Um, I was, you know, young, and I didn't, I wasn't aware that there was all this other discrimination against transgendered people and lesbians and things like that. But my podcast today is a difficult podcast to do, and. I always thought about it and it always bothered me and I thought, oh, I'm never going to do a podcast on it because it's too controversial and it's too hard to articulate and, but I, I mean, I've spoken about it before, maybe indirectly, but, um, I'm going to talk about it today because it's time and I just need to get off my chest. Um... And like I said, I've spoken about it, I have actually spoken about it indirectly or whatever many times, and that's um, about speciesist 
vegans. And I've told people, oh, I'm going to do a podcast about species vegans. Because I get into these debates with vegans and... I mean, ostensibly they're vegan. They're living themselves. Their actions are vegan. I, I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, these are people who I know from the internet. <laughs> so what can you say about that? But it's the best I can go on. And even people who I've met... Um, a couple of times I've met, we've met vegans in the street. We've met people who... I want to differentiate. I want to differentiate something. I'm not talking about the misrepresentation of veganism and the um, the claiming of, these, of, of people that they're vegan when they're not vegan. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about people who say, oh, I'm vegan. Um, and then you look down and they're wearing leather shoes and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm a health vegan or whatever. I'm not talking about the, the, the non-vegans who call themselves vegan. I'm talking about people who live vegan. They don't, they, they themselves live vegan and they are vegan, but inexplicably, <laughs> they're still speciesist. Um, even more beyond the normal amount of speciesism that the residual speciesism that all of us humans have to live with, just like every single individual has to live with their own racism that was bred into them. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but that's a Chevy. <laughs> I think she's about to wreak havoc on the walls. Um, just as we are all still individually, I hope, in confronting, facing, dealing with our own sexism that we have, uh, racism that we have, our own uh, whatever prejudices that we have against people who are uh, not, they don't look the same as us, whatever. These things are bred into us. They're taught to us from the day we're born. Just from watching our parents' reactions. You know, something as simple as watching an expression on your parents' face. So, you know, we're taught all these things, but... There's a difference, I think, between people who... Um, I, the thing that really bothers me about this issue, being an advocate for veganism and dealing with advocates... Um, other vegans, and when I say vegan, I want to make that really clear. I'm not talking about the people who say they're vegan and they're not. I'm talking about people who actually are vegan. And they're out there. They're vegan. They, I mean, I guess you could dispute. We could get into the nitty-gritty and say, oh, well, because they're still promoting welfare, they're not vegan, etc. Because they're still promoting whatever it is, the use of pets or whatever. They're not vegan. But let's talk about someone who, in their choices that they make, not their advocacy, but the choices they make, they only purchase vegan products. Um, they only, um, you know, they, they don't actively uh, participate uh, physically and 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 um, practically in animal exploitation, they don't buy the clothing. They don't use the entertainment. They don't buy the products that are tested on animals. They, all of that stuff. 
so they can call themselves vegan uh, under the qualifier of what what veganism is uh, let's say by Donald Watson's definition or whatever definition you want to use <sighs> but then they actually turn out to be speciesist anyway because one of the biggest manifestations of it I find as an advocate who is trying really hard not to be speciesist you know I'm trying my best not to be speciesist that's my goal in life is not to be prejudiced against anyone and to live according to that goal I think it's I think that it is a I think that it is the way to live I believe it's uh, synonymous with I believe that it's synonymous with nonviolence and that it is the means to liberation um, of real liberation, not just philosophical or theoretical liberation. And so I, I strive for that and to my limited ability. And um, I acknowledge that we are kind of um, uh, indoctrinated with speciesism um, and all these other things but I'm just going to talk about speciesism now um, and you can just take for granted that yes I'm including these other prejudices that we all deal with but it's it's, it's like if if I was I, you know I wonder I've asked this I think I've asked this question before it's like what is the is the you know is the is the gay rights movement having to deal with homophobia within the movement well, maybe it is. I mean, anybody who's who's actively involved in, in it, in the movement, and who's is sort of out there in the trenches, as it were, of the gay rights movement, maybe you can let me know. You know, maybe this is a common phenomenon of social movements. Um, you know, is the is the civil rights movement, you know, was the civil rights movement back back when it was in its 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 beginning days because the vegan movement is in its beginning days we are at the beginning um were they um are dealing with um anti you know anti black you know racism you know um racism towards black people within the movement you know maybe they were and, but i'm just going to talk about i'm just going to talk about speciesism and vegan advocacy because for me it's it's so incredibly troubling um to deal with and the the as i was about to say that the biggest manifestation of it that i can see for me the way that i see it is the focus on people um rather than the focus on the victims and i've seen that time and time again you know the difference between our movement and the civil rights movement for the emancipation of african americans and the United States or in England or any of the any of these other movements or um, other political movements you know the difference between our movement and all those other movements is our movement includes non-humans okay it's a very big difference um, you know obviously I mean they are not actually participants in our movement um, because they are um, unlike all the other 
movements, <laughs> they're not humans, so they're not um, uh, participating in a human way. I mean, this is really obvious, but I'm just trying to articulate my thoughts. They're not participating in a human way, so they're not <laughs> you know, writing speeches in English and then blah, 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 because they're, they don't speak English and they're not writing speeches in German or French or whatever. I mean, we don't speak their languages at all, whereas in the human world we have translators and we have interpreters who interpret each other's language. We use symbolic language. And I do believe that animals do protest. I do believe that they are protesting. <laughs> They're enslavement. Don't get me wrong. I'm not belittling or denigrating or saying that they're not, you know, capable. I'm just saying that they're, the difference between our movement and these other movements is that our movement involves non-human animals who are not human. So they're not participating in the human activism the way humans do. Just like African American people are, they're pe humans. They're humans, so they can participate in a human way in the human activism. Okay, I've made that clear. Great. So the um, the biggest manifestation of this, well, there's many manifestations of speciesism that I see in the so-called vegans. Well, I shouldn't say so-called. Is um, this focus on people? Um, and you know maybe you know we can't help it. I mean, it's, it's who we are. I mean, we we focus on words. We're 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 a species who, I mean, literally, sounds coming out of our mouths. You know, acoustics can actually cause people to commit suicide. I mean, it was true. I mean, you know, bullying is is written words because causing people to commit suicide, and it's very real. So we are very unique, I think, in ours particular communication of this like symbols scratched on a piece of paper can actually cause a person to commit suicide and I'm not I mean that's valid I mean that's very real we are very in, inter you know we are our thoughts and our emotions are very intertwined with our language and that's why we're activists and that's why we do podcasts and write articles and things like that you know it's a great way to communicate that's that resonates with people for some reason you know we've developed this thing where we scratch little symbols depending on what language you speak they're different shaped and they resonate with us you know emotionally and, and fundamentally so but when so so that's our curse and our blessing because you know here we are trying to articulate in a way that resonates with other people, just like all other social justice movements have, with rhetoric and words and 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 people uh, speaking and writing, and then the focus just remains on the people. Um, whereas, and when you're in a movement about human beings, that's you, you have a philosopher who's talking about human beings, and you focus on their they're human and you say well this and this and this and you talk about them as a person and um, I guess it's valid you know in that context but the problem the problem with our movement that I really think we're stuck in in a major way and we really can't afford it well we're fine the non-human animals can't afford it I should say is this focus and and it's and and I understand where it comes from because that is how we are but this focus on humans <laughs> in 
advocacy for non-humans and it's different it's it's different when you're talking about say let's let's pick an example of a human rights advocacy of of uh non uh of of people who live in a society where they don't circumcise women uh or girls when they're born or you know they're young girls when you take those women and they're advocating for women who well they're part of advocacy including those women who are genitally mutilated and and so yes you have one group who is not actually uh, physically and 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 who's not physically experiencing what this other group but they're advocating for them um and so you could say oh well you know there's another example of one specific type of situation where there there's a difference between you know everybody involved is advocating but some of them are the victims and and some of them are not but you know all of those victims and all of those advocates are human they're still human they still are all human and they communicate in a human way and um I still don't agree that you should focus on personalities when it comes to that. Like if somebody writes an article that's very valid about why um, uh, any genital mutilation is wrong, any genital mutilation of whether they be female or male is wrong and it's a rights violation, it's violence and we shouldn't do that to our children and why are we doing that? We're, you know, as adults, we're taking our children's bodies and we're mutilating them and, um, you shouldn't turn around and say, oh, well, I don't like the way that writer wears their hair, so I'm going to disregard their arguments. I mean, no. But um, when it comes to vegan advocacy, um, it's it's even worse because you have people who, um, they're so humanocentric and they don't even realize that, you know, I mean, they're vegan or whatever they, well, they claim to be. And, I, you know, I believe them. But they still are focusing on um people and writing styles and personalities and i mean it goes worse i mean it gets worse i mean i don't know i don't know how far i should go with talking about this because i mean is it even worth it but um you know i've encountered you know, you encounter, you, you get on, you get involved with, with, with advocacy and you're pushing the idea strongly, uh, especially if you're me, <laughs> that uh, no animal, um, human or non, uh, should be anybody's property, uh, period. That's just number one step, eliminate the property status, and I obviously urge people to read Gary Francione's work. Please read his work on this. Um, it's so incredibly important. And then they, um, all of a sudden, they're like, well, you know, I don't agree with, with that concept. I think that we can have a good relationship with... Um, with our non-human property and or they think that well because they don't think that that the they don't look upon the non-human as a piece of property they look upon the non-human as a family member that makes it okay when of course it doesn't and then you push them and this has happened more than once for me 
uh, you push them and it turns out that their reasoning is based on the fact that they enjoy having the non-humans around with regard to having them in close proximity and touching them and and having them you know live in their homes and things like that and and then um you realize that you're dealing with speciesism again it really is it really is because it's all about them again and that's what i mean i think you know speciesism is is, is humanocentrism <laughs> i mean it's being obsessed with human needs and human wants and human values just just like sexism is being obsessed with male needs and male wants and male values or sexism against women i should say is is you know misogyny is obsessed with that or you know homophobia is is obsessed with heterosexual desires not to um certain heterosexual desires not to have homosexuals around to have heterosexuals around these are all very um selfish um viewpoints um but the biggest the most troubling one to me is isn't within vegan advocacy and a lot of it and, a, and then it, of course it translates into welfare advocacy as we all know um the amount of times that we have tried to speak to other vegans and convince them to stop perpetuating the property status of animals um firstly by explaining to them that that's what welfare does it really does that it just it's it's inherent it's obvious it's up front it's face value if you are talking about a being who has a piece of property and saying that the issue is how you treat that piece of property and then you're focusing on that you are completely and utterly condoning implicit with you admit it to yourself or not what you are doing is condoning the property status of that being and the only way to not condone the property status of that being is to be unequivocal in your opposition of the property status of that being and that's the problem with speciesism in the vegan movement is not only do people want animals around for their own personal pleasure um like pets or whatever but they um are so uh concerned with other humans and their needs or their perceived needs um that they um cater to those needs by uh trying to help them to um feel better about uh the property status of of other animals um and and then they get very angry 
when um, anyone suggests that that is actually uh, speciesist, um, but the, and then and then they focus on the then they um, I I I I seem to see this pattern that they focus on the person saying that to them um, and whether or not they like their tone or <laughs> the way they write or um, whether or not they um, that they, 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 they turn the attention away from the victims who are not able to write anything <laughs> because they don't write letters on a piece of paper like we do or type on a keyboard um, and I mean I'm sure that some animals have been could be trained to do that but do we really care I mean do we really want them to do that or do we want to use our ability to do that do we want to take our ability to speak in this you know each other's languages or to write you know do we want to take that ability and focus 100% on them when we're talking about these issues to focus 100% on them and it seems to me that you know those there are people who do and that's the abolitionists I really do feel like the the abolitionist movement is um, the only movement that focuses on the need of 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 the non-human animals, the victims, to be uh, not no longer exploited, and then um, and then. You know, sometimes inevitably you have to you have to use examples from the other uh, advocates who are uh, speciesist or humanocentric or whatever you want to call it, and you you say, look, you see, you see this, this this is part of the problem. That this this action, this advocacy, this 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 rhetoric, this. Um, this spreading of this idea is is detrimental, and um, you can even try really hard not to mention any names, and then people get mad at you for not mentioning any names, or then they get mad at you for mentioning names, or then they just talk about how you just are talking about somebody when you're really not talking about somebody you're talking about an idea and it's not um, and it's just so frustrating to me to see it over and over and over and, and to defend myself against it myself over and over and to defend my colleagues my abolitionist colleagues against it over and over again this focus this this humanocentric speciesist self-obsessed focus on your own gratification about what you're reading and whether or not it makes you feel good or whether or not you like their style or whether or not you like their quote personality unquote I mean you don't even know this person and um, it seems to me that you know and I see and I see a lot of people like they're just so over it they're just like 
and and I don't know if it's just internet. I don't know if it's 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 um a phenomenon that only exists in the written word, um, such as the internet. Um, although obviously the internet's more than the written word. It's 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 videos and things, but generally the antagonism and the the nonsense that I see is the written stuff. When people um, do a debate verbally that's recorded, it's, it's, it's generally much more constructive and much more rewarding and much more productive. Um, it's the, you know, like you go to YouTube and you see this incredible speech or you see this outrageous speech. I mean, either way, it awakens something in you. But then you read the comments, the written stuff, and and, and it's just ridiculous I mean it's a strange thing so I almost wonder if if, if you know it's like a, like I've always said it over and over again our words our silly hum- they're a curse and a blessing we have this strange relationship with words but the, but they are they are part of I mean they are in a way one of our most strongest tools and, and it's nice to know how to use them but I just really wish that people would be, especially vegans, would be more objective to the material, and um, they would um, really stop focusing on the their perceived like or dislike of the person, whoever, whatever picture they've brought up in their mind of this complete stranger and um, just read the words and go on the merit of those words especially when we're talking about victims who will never be able to write their own words in our language um, or any other language that we can translate because we are very lacking we do not understand any communication of other species. Um, we have done our best to try to convince other species to speak in languages that we can understand. In fact, we've locked them up in cages and forced them to do it. But um, with regard to talking to each other about this issue and talking to people who are not vegan about this issue and trying to get this issue to where it really should be, um, we have to use what what we have. You know the same things that convince us to be racist, to be sexist, to be speciesist, as such as our actions, our example, our words, our art, our our um, speeches, our blogs, whatever. Those same things can be used to combat that, to combat speciesism, to combat racism, to combat all of that stuff. But it's all a waste of time. <laughs> it's a huge waste of time. If we're just focusing on each other and the humans and dancing this little dance constantly, this ridiculous little ego dance every single second while the actual victims are still screaming and dying in the in the slaughterhouses. Is, isn't it? I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels that way. 
you know, I see people all the time. They're on, they're like, oh my gosh, this is just ridiculous. Um, you know, but don't get it twisted when 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 people are challenging, validly challenging a position. You know, a a a um idea. That's that's that is worth investigating. <laughs> um. What I have a problem with is when people ignore the idea to focus on their emotional reaction to the writing style or something. We can't afford to do that right now because it's not about us and that's the most frustrating thing about this for me. And I, I just... It just sickens me. It just sickens me to my core every time I see it, and I see it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I get sucked into it. I get sucked into it. We all do. We're these ridiculous, egotistical, you know. If we just focus when we're talking about this the very least, although I think in every advocacy, if we just focus on the ideas and the victims whom we are trying to help, and that does mean legitimately challenging ideas and, and positions that are validly challenged as being detrimental to the lives and to the freedom of those victims then you know that is part of it but it it's it's infuriating when um people are so incredibly obsessed with themselves and people human beings and that's the biggest manifestation of speciesism that I see in the vegan movement. But obviously, the other manifestations are the um, second best, um, well, at the very least, let's get them some bigger cages because, hey, um, or things like that. I mean, that, I've already talked about the speciesism inherent in welfare advocacy, and it's not deliberate. Um, I believe it comes from ignorance, which is why I really urge people to educate themselves. Read Gary Francione's books. I mean, come on. Why am I saying that over and over again? There's got to be something there, right? Read those books. Read about the property status of sentient beings. If you're not, read about the history of, of human slavery then. If you're not convinced, if you're so obsessed with humans, read about the history of human slavery. Welfare didn't work there either. Only abolition. So, you know, please do yourself a favor and do the rest of the world a favor and just focus on the victims and the fact that they're property and that that is wrong. No matter how much you like having them around your little, little cute little furry you know I celebrate the beauty I, I love the cuteness I'm I'm not I am aware that I am just 
part of it, but you know, at least I'm trying, you know. And it's just annoying to me, and I I try really hard to say it. I try hard to stop it in myself. I I ask other people to call me on it. You know, if anybody listening ever sees me getting sucked into some kind of thing where it's focusing on the personality of someone, please, you know, call me on it. I will appreciate it. But more than anything, we we need to do that to each other because it's time-wasting and it's just so incredibly... Um, unfair to the victims for us to do that our own our little preening circle our little mirror game and so anyway I don't even know if I made any sense um, I just want to say that um, when I became vegan and I found the community of vegans that I did. It's like Renata was Desert Girl. Um, she's one of my closest, you know, friends. Um, I feel like she's an old friend, and we haven't even physically met. But I, I was naive in that I thought that all vegans were going to be like her. <laughs> uh, I thought it was just a given. And it was a very cold and painful awakening to me um, when I started reading Gary Francione's work, and he would say things like, um, "You know, the the biggest opposition he's ever had was from other animal advocates, um, a lot of them vegan, uh, and that the biggest um, the amount of insults and the amount of personal, you know, attacks and things like that." I just was thinking, man, you know, this guy's way too cynical, or it's just can't be that way, no way, it can't be that way. And it really, it really uh, has been brought home to me, and, 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 I, and I got very disillusioned, and I was shocked, I was so shocked when I first came back to New Zealand, and I was trying to talk to the vegans here about promoting veganism. I was very naive about the whole thing, I had no idea how species is the the animal rights movement was it it continually blows my mind and my only comfort is the non-speciesist vegans and the non-species vegan movement um, the non-violent, non-speciesist vegan movement, because I believe that, um, I, I do, I do not live without hope, and I don't, I don't believe in violence, so, um, you know, the funny, the ironic thing is that a lot of the speciesist animal advocates, uh, are proponents of violence on the side. They're like, yes, we, you know, we, we support everybody except the abolitionists. <laughs> uh, you know, um, nobody's going to go vegan, so we're going to, you know, we're the elitists. And anyway, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to. It's just I could I could cite so many examples of this problem that I'm talking about, this outright 
blatant speciesism amongst vegans, which, uh, anyway, this podcast isn't what I thought it was going to be, but I guess I, I feel like I've said something, I, I hope a message has gotten through somehow, um, you know, our 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 self-obsessiveness and our self-centeredness is going to kill everybody on this planet. Everybody. We need to, like, um, look outside ourselves for one second. Um, we need to acknowledge and challenge personally. It's a personal battle. You need to acknowledge and challenge your own racism, your own sexism your own ableism and ageism and speciesism and heterosexism and all of these things that we seem to inherit or we seem to cultivate and find a way to always every moment be aware of those things in yourself don't lie to yourself it doesn't mean going on the internet or going and or even doing what I'm doing and publicizing it to the world, flailing yourself or cast, castigating or whatever you want to call it. It's not about that. Just be aware of yourself and then your actions will hopefully go accordingly and allow other people the privilege of pointing out to you objectively if your action or your rhetoric or your idea that you're promoting is in some way prejudice validly speaking if they engage you on that try not to allow your ego to um, override everything else or your own denial about your own um, shortcomings. Uh, just be aware that you know we we really none of us can say that we are. Um, there's no there's no such thing as perfect. But when it comes to the issue of veganism and nonviolence, um, we're talking about. Every single other animal's being on this planet, there's no exceptions to our speciesism. None. There's no exceptions. Even the animals who haven't been discovered yet are victims of it because we're destroying the earth that they live on so when it comes to veganism at the very least try really really hard to put your own um, obsessions with the human race aside um, and by that I mean 
Well, you know what I mean. I just spent 45 minutes trying to explain it. I don't even know. Anyway, um, apart from that, um, lots of things have been happening, and I hope everybody's well, and, um, uh, we are going to try to do some different things with our activism in Auckland, maybe try to do some market stalls, um, and we're going to work on that a little bit. And um, our website's still exactly the same. I haven't done the menu, the vegan menu that I promised or anything like that. But we're still out there promoting veganism, of course. And um, doing the best that we can to try to be as consistent as we possibly can. And to try our best to focus on the victims in our advocacy and be their voice. That's the best that we can do. And that means promoting abolition. It really does. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, that's not just an opinion. So, um, anyway, here, here's another rambling rant. And I feel bitter. And I'm hardly doing my podcasts anymore. So, at the moment. So, um, I'm not sure how many people... Oh, and I... Uh, Mac, uh, Apple, I should say, eliminated the iDisc. Um, the iDisc was this thing that I was paying like so much. I was paying like over a hundred something dollars a year <laughs> for my email and um, to store my audio files for this podcast. And because um, I was paying the hundreds of dollars for the email anyway, so I was like, well, I might as well use the service that they provide, which is this iDisc, which is this virtual. Um, storage space for and I had like a couple of gigs or more and that's where I used to keep my podcast and then all of a sudden Apple said ah we're just we're going to eliminate the iDisc so kiss all of your files goodbye you better put them somewhere else and so I've had to go through every single podcast episode and I really hope it works and um I've put them on Internet Archive, but I don't have a lot of faith in Internet Archive because when I tried to do a podcast for my brother, who's a DJ, um, I created a podcast. Well, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, so maybe that had something to do with it. But I definitely uploaded the audio and video to Internet Archive. And I would upload them, and then the link would be there. And then a week later, the link would be gone. And it would say, this file has moved. If you want to find where this file is, please click here. And then you'd have to go and find the new location and re-update the link. So I was like, you can't do this every single time. You know, every single week you have to go and change the link. I mean, I would be never, ever, that would, all I, that would be all I would do. <laughs> every night when I came home, that would be it. So I'm hoping that that aspect has changed. And I do know other people who use Internet Archive to store their audio. So I'm hoping that it's fine. So anyway, I've completely, this week, um, today is the 30th of June. Or, well, it was the 30th of June. Now it's the 31st. Oh, no, now it's the 1st of July, I should say. And um, therefore, it's completely gone, like iDisc is eliminated. So I went through all my NZ Vegan podcast blog thing and my NZ Vegano podcast, my Spanish one, which I only have 28 episodes anyway. I've, I kind of fell behind on that one. Um, and I changed them all, like I uploaded everything to Internet Archive and then I 
changed every single link in my podcast. So I'm hoping that it works. Um, I hope it works. Uh, so um, that that's something that I did recently um, this week, which took a lot of time, but not really that much, as much as I thought it was going to take. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So anyway, thanks a lot, Apple. <laughs> um, I guess they're not going to charge me anymore. They better not. But um, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that. But either way, um, yeah, so uh, this episode I'm going to upload straight to our Internet Archive and I'm going to do it that way. So um, I'm hoping that it works <laughs> and I'm sure it will. And um, and I'm really looking forward to having a guest on my podcast. I really want to have Renata Peters on my podcast. And I'm just going to make it happen. I don't know how, but just like, cause I really want to talk to Ren about her street stall and um, Alice Springs. It's such an inspiration to me. Um, she promotes veganism, as do we. And um, yes, we do give out free cupcakes with conversation, but our advocacy is not about cupcakes. It's a way to get people to stop and talk to you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we don't scream at them with bullhorns. We have cupcakes. But it's about promoting veganism. Um, And it's a um, a very, very effective way to get people to stop and talk. I recommend that you try it. So anyway, I'm hoping to have Ren on as a guest. And I'm really looking forward to the next um, podcast by Gary Francione. He has been promising us for a while that he's going to do a podcast. And I'm waiting with bated breath. And um, so I'm really looking forward to that because I know it's going to be a good one. So until then, uh, thanks for listening. And um, please consider um, promoting veganism unequivocally and um, making your advocacy 100% about the victims of exploitation rather than about the humans who use the animals. Um, Educate them, give them credit. don't talk, you know, don't be elitist, uh, don't be speciesist, and um, try to be true to uh, the idea that we, uh, that all beings are equal, and that nonviolence is the way, and that we can have a better world, and that it's up to us to make that happen, and keep those things in the forefront of your mind and your advocacy, and be positive, and don't waste time, <laughs> and don't waste time with trolls, and don't waste time with, uh, you know, um, well, it's hard to know, but anyway, I wish everyone all the best, and I hope that everyone is well, and I really do thank you, anybody who's listened to this rambling, for listening, and I'll be back, bye.